When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series called Blooded, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpern. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one case, but almost a dozen. Listen to Cold Blooded, The Apollo Gym Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. This is the place to be if you're ready for the best podcasts of the paranormal. Curious and sometimes unexplained. Now listen to this. Welcome to our podcast. Please be aware the thoughts and opinions expressed by the host are their thoughts and opinions only and do not reflect those of iHeartMedia, iHeartRadio, Coast to Coast AM, employees of Premier Networks, or their sponsors and associates. We would like to encourage you to do your own research and discover the subject matter for yourself. Joshua P. Warren, and each week on this show, I'll be bringing you brand new, mind-blowing content, news, exercises, and weird experiments you can do at home, and a lot more on this edition of the show, The Emerald Tablet and The Copper Scroll. Well, this is another super weird show. If you know what The Emerald Tablet is, Good for you, but if not, I'm about to tell you. And if you know what the Copper Scroll is, good for you, but if not, I'm about to tell you. And even if you know what the Emerald Tablet and the Copper Scroll are, these are two completely separate things. Have you ever thought about the possible connection between these two things? Because it sounds good as the topic of of a show, right? The Emerald Tablet and the Copper Scroll. But these two things have never really been put together before. I have a feeling there is a link between these two subjects. I'm not exactly sure what it is, but I'm going to try to find it in this show. Uh, do you think I can do it? <laughs> Uh, it's it's a, it's an interesting challenge. Let's find a connection. Uh, okay, well, where shall we begin? Let's begin with perhaps the the simpler thing to understand in a way: the copper scroll. Uh, you know, I I don't think I had heard of the copper scroll until just recently, when my good friend Christian McLeod, the cryptid guy, 
who also is a guide for the Haunted Asheville Ghost Tours in North Carolina, uh, he contacted me and he started telling me about the Copper Scroll and he said this would make a really interesting subject for for a podcast. So I started reading about it and here is what we're basically talking about here. The Copper Scroll is one of the Dead Sea Scrolls found in Cave 3 And it says the other scrolls are written on parchment or papyrus, but this scroll is written on metal, copper mixed with about 1% tin. Um, This is amazing because it's all of the other Dead Sea Scrolls. And I'm going to get to what the Dead Sea Scrolls are in a minute. Uh, But all of them, again, were on, you know, fragments of parchment or some kind of an ancient paper, basically. Uh, the copper scroll looks amazing. You should just, uh, type it in and look at pictures of this. Just a little thin sheet of metal with all of this, uh, sort of, you know, Hebrew looking writing on it. Uh, just to refresh you on the Dead Sea Scrolls, uh, they are ancient Jewish religious manuscripts that were discovered between 1946 and 1956 near the Dead Sea, and uh, they contain, oh boy, it says they're considered to be a keystone in the history of archaeology with great historical, religious, and linguistic significance because they include the oldest surviving manuscripts of entire books later included in the biblical canons, along with extra biblical manuscripts, I mean, we're talking stuff that people wrote thousands of years ago and hid in these caves. And uh, from what I understand, there in 1946, there were a couple of Bedouin shepherds. And if you don't know what Bedouin means, that means a, a nomadic Arab of the desert. A couple of these shepherds happened to be in this, you know, barren area with all of these caves. And uh, best I recall, one of them. I don't know for what reason he, he tossed a, a, a rock into one of these caves and he heard glass break. And so that's when they went in and they, they discovered these containers and it, it began this whole process of, uh, I, I think they took it back, took some of these scrolls back into town and, you know, sold them for next to nothing to some merchant and eventually word got around and then the scientists found out about it and, the rest is truly history. So this is one of those scrolls. Um, and, you know, again, we're talking about books from the Bible as well as just other things about life in general. And uh, so the Dead Sea Scrolls were discovered in a series of 12 caves. All right. So the Copper Scroll is is very different, though. Not only is it the only one that was put on metal like this. But the Copper Scroll, guess what the Copper Scroll says? Before I tell you this, um, let's see. I was reading about how the, the, uh, the state that it was in. And they said that, uh, I can't find exactly the section, but they were saying that when they got it, it was, it was rolled up, uh, really tight somehow. And, they were afraid it was kind of corroded and stuff and they were afraid if they tried to unroll it that uh, they would break it it's actually uh on two rolls of copper and so they ended up taking this to a college in england and that's where they really very very delicately un- unrolled it and cut it into little sections and and straightened it out well the copper scroll is believe it or not, basically a treasure map. And I mean, an extensive treasure map. We're talking about, can you imagine going into a cave near the Dead Sea and finding some ancient rolled up scroll that is, uh, that's thousands of years, thousands of years old, written on metal here and you finally open it up and it's a treasure map. This is the kind of thing that would make Indiana Jones blow his top. I mean, 
this is it's it's almost uh one of those like truth is stranger than fiction type things. The text is an inventory of 64 specific locations, 63 of which have treasures of gold and silver, which have been estimated in the tons. They say, for example, one single location described on the Copper Scroll describes a place where there is 868,000 troy ounces of buried gold. I'm not sure how much 868,000 troy ounces is, but it sounds like a lot, doesn't it? Let's see. Maybe I can do a quick calculation here. All right. So let's see if I'm correct. 868,000 troy ounces should be over 54,000 pounds. So, okay, you take, uh, you know how heavy, well, imagine how heavy a dump truck is. How would you like to have the amount of gold that uh, weighs the same as a dump truck? Well, what if you stacked another dump truck on top of that and you got two dump trucks? Think about, how much gold that would be and how much that would be worth. Well, this would be the equivalent of not two, not three, not four, but 30 dump trucks, 30 big old dump trucks, dump trucks. That's the weight of gold we're talking about at one of the locations. Um, and then they also talk about treasures like tithing vessels and uh, and other types of, you know, bejeweled uh, vessels and priestly vestments. Um, let's see here. The following English translation of the opening lines of the first column of the Copper Scroll shows the basic structure. So, like, it says, 1-1, one, one, in the ruin that is in the Valley of Akor under... One, two, the steps with the entrance at the east. One, three, a distance of 40 cubits, a strong box of silver and its vessels. One, four, with a weight of 17 talents. So you see how detailed this is? It's literally saying like, here's the, here's the place. Here's the entrance that you need to go in. Here's the distance. And you're going to find a strong box with blah, blah, blah. So, um, now, <laughs> if you were the first person to read this, what would you do with that information? Let's say you're the person who gets to translate that. Would you say, uh, hmm, I've, oddly enough, this is gibberish. I have no idea what it says. Uh, I'll get back to you in a couple of months and see if I can figure it out. And then you buy your plane ticket. And you go off hunting the treasure. Would you do that? Well, guess what? When we come back from this break, I'm going to tell you what happened when scholars took this information and they ran out there trying to find the treasure from the Copper Scroll. And then later, I'm going to get into the connection that may or may not exist between the Copper Scroll and the Emerald Tablet. Now, let me remind you, this is a free show. And if you enjoy it, please support it. And the best way to do that is to go to joshuapwarren.com. There's no period after the P when you go to joshuapwarren.com. Go to the Curiosity Shop and buy something there, something cool, either for yourself or a loved one. And you know what? If you buy something from my shop for a loved one, they're going to be really surprised. You're going to have to explain to them, well, there's this guy who has this podcast and you got to start talking to them about manifestation and all this cool stuff. And their mind, that person's mind is going to open and it's just going to create an amazing connection. That is how you change the world. So go to the curiosity shop at joshuapwarren.com. And also while you're there on the homepage, please sign up for my free and spam free, free, free e-newsletter. I type it with my own fingers. And uh, when you do that, you'll receive some instant digital online gifts joshuapwarren.com that's me I'm Joshua P. Warren and you're listening to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network and I will be right back
keep it here on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. The Wizard of Weird will be right back. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. People don't always realize just how much their negative thoughts and experiences stick with them and weigh them down. You may find your brain constantly running through a highlight reel of bad moments. That comment your friend made last week that hurt your feelings. That frustrating thing your mom does. Or that silly thing you said in a meeting. Maybe it's time to get it all off your chest. Whether it's a tiny annoyance or something much bigger, talking about it can give you some relief and lead you to a potential solution. That's where therapy comes in. It's a safe space to share whatever's weighing you down and learn to process it so your internal highlight reel can focus on the good stuff. And BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy on a schedule that works for you. Connect with a licensed therapist by text, phone, or video call. Start the process in minutes and switch therapist anytime. Let it out with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com strange things today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot slash strange things. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpert. It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut, and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Looking for that certain someone who shares your interests in UFOs, ghosts, Bigfoot, conspiracy theories, and the paranormal? Look no further than ParanormalDate.com, the unique site for like-minded people. If you like the senior crowd, try ParanormalDate.com forward slash seniors to meet like-minded people that are 60 plus. It all depends on what you prefer. ParanormalDate.com is great for everyone. You can also tap into members that are 60 plus at paranormaldate.com forward slash seniors. Enjoy your search. Have some fun at paranormaldate.com. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold Blooded, the Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halper. It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut, and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And now more Joshua P. Warren on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Back to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I am your host, the Wizard of Weird, Joshua P. Warren, beaming into your wormhole brain 
from my studio in Sin City, Las Vegas, Nevada, where every day is golden and every night is silver. Ajitato Zume. Speaking of magical words, do you know what the word amen means? We've all heard it. I presume we've all said it, but what does it mean? Well, it is an Abrahamic declaration of affirmation, first found in the Hebrew Bible and then subsequently found in the New Testament. And here's what it means. It means truly let it be so. So whenever you say amen, truly let it be so is what you are projecting out there. That's it's beautiful, really, isn't it? When you think of it that way. You know what else is beautiful? 868,000 troy ounces of berry gold. Oh, yeah. Amen. And so um, can you imagine being the first person to uncover that message? What would you do? Would you tell anybody? Or <laughs> Well, here's what. Here's what the uh, the official history says. And by the way, I am not a history teacher. Um, I am just a, a mere podcast host. So, you know, if, if some of my facts are off, please uh, forgive me. But I'm doing my best here. Says scholars are divided as to what the actual contents of the Copper Scroll are. There are different interpretations about the metals and things. However, it says metals such as copper and bronze were a common material for important archival records. So, in other words, it would kind of make sense that um, if the Dead Sea Scrolls were meant to to document important things, well, then you might think, uh, well, they sure valued the stories and the Lord uh, the, and, and the words of the Lord and all that enough to write them down on parchment. But when it comes to all the gold and silver, we're going to record that on a piece of metal. <laughs> and so it would, it would make sense that uh, they would take that extra step to make sure that that a, re- a record of such wealth, uh, especially could stand the test of time. Uh, it says, along with this, uh, various formal characteristics establish a line of evidence that suggests this scroll is an authentic, quote, administrative document of Herod's temple in Jerusalem, end quote. Wow. It says, as a result, this evidence has led a number of people to believe that the treasure really does exist. One such person is John Allegro, who in 1962 led an expedition. By following some of the places listed in the scroll, the team excavated some potential burial places for the treasure. However, the treasure hunters turned up empty-handed. And so far, no treasure has been found. Another theory is that after the Roman army left after the siege, Jewish uh, Jewish people used the copper scroll to retrieve the valuables listed and then spent those valuables on rebuilding Jerusalem. So that's quite a a mystery, isn't it? Uh, Again, it's like something out of a movie. And but let's not forget about this. Significant question. Would you tell anybody if you found a treasure? I mean, it's one thing if you tell people this is a treasure map, but if you go and you find the treasure, are you going to go and announce it to the world? I mean, maybe you would that you're supposed to, I'm sure, but that doesn't mean that you necessarily would. Um, this is an issue that has popped up over and over again here in our country. You know, I was born and raised in North Carolina which was a very active participant in the Civil War, the war between the states in 1861 to 65. And uh, so when the North and South were fighting, the, the, the fate of currency was uncertain. And so a lot of people would take their valuables and just 
hide them either in a secret compartment in the house or they would take them out and just dig a hole and bury them. And I grew up hearing plenty of stories about Civil War hordes, as they call them. Uh, and there are people who go out metal detecting all the time, and occasionally they'll find some big old pot full of uh, precious metals, you know, old coinage and jewelry and the family silver and all that kind of stuff. Um, but there are some stories about like massive loads of of gold and silver that were a part of, say, like the Confederate treasury that that was buried away and hidden in some cave somewhere. As a matter of fact, I once read a story about uh, one of these Civil War treasures that was hidden near Bat Cave in Western North Carolina. There, yes, there's actually a place not far from where I grew up called Bat Cave. I guess that's in Henderson County. And um, and the, yeah, there is a cave and it's got bats in it. But if I've always thought if, if I was a real entrepreneur, I would go to Bat Cave and I would turn it into the biggest batman tourist trap ever i would have a like a 50 foot tall batman statue in the middle of town and uh we'd have the batman festival and it'd be everybody would know about bat cave north carolina i bet that's going to happen now that i've put that out there but uh anyway would you tell anybody if you found a treasure Th this is the thing you're up against if you are a treasure hunter because if you go out hunting a treasure um, you've got to be very, very optimistic and, uh, you have to believe in a lot of serendipity to even think you can find the treasure that nobody else has found. But then you have to consider the possibility that any treasure worth finding was already found a long time ago. And even if you follow all the clues correctly and you get there, you're never going to know that there was a treasure there because somebody already took it. And then you're just spinning your wheels forever. That is perhaps the greatest curse of treasure hunting. So that's kind of the end of the story when it comes to the copper scroll. And uh, maybe someday it will lead to a, a great find. So now let's see how this can transition into the other half of this, sh this show topic, the emerald tablet so i'm going to tell you about the emerald tablet and then i'm going to see if i can find a connection between the, the copper scroll and the emerald tablet now i've been kind of dreading the emerald tablet section here because this is very complex and um it's really tricky to try to to describe this uh, i think anyway and i even have a whole book about this so all right uh, let me just start. I'm going to try to make this as easy on us as possible. But let's look at the Wikipedia page. The Emerald Tablet is a compact and cryptic hermetic text. It was highly regarded by Islamic and European alchemists as the foundation of their art. All right. So the Emerald Tablet is a text. And alchemists considered this text to be the foundation of alchemy. And when you think of alchemy, you usually think of something like taking lead or a, a material that has minimal value and being able to treat it through some kind of a, a magical, perhaps electrochemical process and turn it into gold. And then you have all these ideas about the philosopher's stone mixed in there uh let's see what exactly is the definition of the philosopher's stone let's see the philosopher's stone it says was the central wait a second uh okay the philosopher's stone is a mythic alchemical substance capable of turning base metals such as mercury into gold or silver also called the elixir of life useful for rejuvenation and for achieving immortality. For many centuries, it was most sought in uh, alchemy. Uh, the Philosopher's Stone was central uh, as the symbol of the mystical terminology of alchemy. Okay, so that's just some other kind of who knows what that is, right? <laughs> but But the Emerald Tablet is supposed to be what lays the groundwork for this whole idea that you can do that, that you can transform 
lead or mercury or something like that into gold or silver and that and somehow that same process can um can give you some kind of perhaps rejuvenation or eternal life like a fountain of youth and this thing called the emerald tablet it may i mean it exists but the origins of it are just absolutely uh, shrouded in, in legend and mystique. And supposedly it was written by Hermes Trismegistus. Um, and if you follow the mystery schools back and you look into most metaphysical traditions, eventually they're going to lead back to this guy named Hermes Trismegistus. And, um, apparently he lived thousands of years ago. And, um, well, uh, looks like it's break time. When we come back, I'm going to tell you about Hermes. And supposedly, the great Hermes, the great and powerful and wise and magical Hermes, well, he either authored or, or somehow attained the information, presumably from the heavens, that we consider now to be the Emerald Tablet. When we come back, I will explain best I can. <laughs> I'm Joshua P. Warren. You're listening to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. And I will be back after these important messages. Hang on, Josh will be right back. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halper. It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut, and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Gym Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Art Bell Vault never disappoints. Classic audio at your fingertips. Go now to coasttocoastam.com for full details. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halper. It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. 
Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And now more Joshua P. Warren on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Welcome back to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I am your host, Joshua P. Warren, and this is the show where the unusual becomes usual. You know, when you live most of your life as a professional talker, which is what I have done, you know, I'm really first and foremost a writer. But, you know, when you when you I, at this point, I've 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 spoken more words professionally than I have written professionally, I'm sure. Uh, and a lot of people write books or whatever, and they don't read them. And so uh, I find that there is a, a nice little crossover there for me. Uh, sometimes when I'm speaking, it's almost like I'm just writing out loud. And there is this strange phenomenon when you do this over years. You notice that sometimes uh, your brain is thinking one word and uh, another word comes out of your mouth. And uh, once in a while, I think I catch myself um, experiencing this. And I always try to correct it because I know if I don't, somebody will email me and <laughs> and correct me. And I believe... Earlier in the show, I was mentioning the discovery of the, uh, the the Dead Sea Scrolls, and I talked about the shepherd tossing a stone into a cave and hearing something like glass breaking. Well, I, I meant to say pottery because it wasn't glass. Uh, the Dead Sea Scrolls were found in clay jars, so uh, that maybe that's just you know splitting hairs in terms of the show. But I, if I catch myself. Using the wrong word, I like to go back and rectify it. Okay, let's get back to the Emerald Tablet and the great Hermes Trismegistus. Now, let me explain to you what that means. Um, in the ancient times, if you were someone of, of renown, they would say your name twice. So, for example, uh, you know, my, I'm, my name is Joshua. So, but if you think I'm a great guy, then you would say, you're Joshua Joshua. And that was about as good as it could get. If somebody said your name twice, that was quite a compliment. But if you were almost, I mean, like if you were the Mac Daddy, if you were, if you were almost on an inhuman level, when it came to uh, greatness and ability, well, then your name would be said three times. This, my friends, is Joshua, Joshua, Joshua. And everybody go, ooh. And the word Trismegistus means thrice. It means three times. So when you hear Hermes Trismegistus, that means his name was, this man's name in the ancient world was Hermes. Um. And uh, they would call him Hermes, 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 or to make it shorter, supposedly Hermes Trismegistus. In my book, Use the Force, A Jedi's Guide to the Law of Attraction, which you can read for free, by the way, right now, if you go to joshuapwarren.com and click a link to the book cover there, you'll see it somewhere. I actually mentioned Hermes in here. And I wrote, for thousands of years, mystery schools around the world exploring philosophy, metaphysics, and mysticism have been inspired by hermetic texts attributed to a mysterious ancient figure known as Hermes Trismegistus. 
one of the most influential phrases has been, as above, so below. The full maxim, as translated by Dennis W. Hawk in his book, The Emerald Tablet, Alchemy for Personal Transformation, is, quote, that which is below corresponds to that which is above, and that which is above corresponds to that which is below to accomplish the miracle of the one thing, end quote. And I believe that is true. But Hermes, there's no proof he was a real man. He's almost one of these figures like Merlin. But apparently, if he was a real man, and I mean, I think he was because enough is written that I think that, you know, he, he there must have been somebody at the center of this. He apparently lived thousands of years ago. And among many occultists, he is considered the founder of science, religion, mathematics, geometry, alchemy, philosophy, medicine, and magic. He is a combination of the Egyptian god Thoth of wisdom and uh, learning and communications and the Greek god Hermes, the messenger of the gods. Now, was Hermes uh, Greek or Egyptian or Greco-Roman or something else? Uh, some people even say there was some Chinese mixed in there. I don't know. He was Yoda. And if you follow any of these, like I say, mystery schools, they're going to somehow bring you back to, to Hermes. Well, According to this book that I just mentioned called uh, The Emerald Tablet by Dennis William Hawk. Now, this book, this is like a 450 page book, and I'm not going to sit here and tell you I have read this whole thing. I have not, but I have skipped around and I've gotten, you know, the, the gist of it. <laughs> and um, so basically what here's what he's saying in this book. That the story is that long, long ago, there was somewhere, you know, in the Middle East, there was this uh, young man named Balinus, and he was inspired to discover this underground chamber. And then when he went into the chamber with a torch, uh, it says here, um, and I'm just going to read a little passage. As the boy approached, he could hardly believe his eyes. Before him stood a golden throne and seated in it the mummified corpse of Hermes, wearing the remains of a fine embroidered coat. Bellinus froze in front of the corpse and stared into the leathery, bearded face of Hermes. The sound of the teenager's thumping heart filled the chamber, resting in Hermes' lap was a green-colored tablet that glowed eerily in the dim light. The dead man's stiff fingers clutched it tightly, and the boy stepped forward and touched the tablet's smooth, protruding letters. Um, so this is the Emerald Tablet. Now, where did it come from? Let me just pause before I tell you what the Emerald Tablet says. Um in let's see uh i did a show this was it was episode 70 of this podcast called strange things was called say these words and mantras and see what happens so if you haven't listened to episode 70 you might want to just skip there and listen to that and in that i talked about moldavite and um this book in particular I read by this guy named Bal Kadman called Moldavite Magic. And I actually used some rituals with Moldavite and some pretty unbelievable things happened to me. If you don't know what Moldavite is, it's actually called a tektite. And it is this sort of olive green looking glass formed by a meteorite impact around what is now southern Germany about 15 million years ago. And Moldavite is a very, very powerful stone. But you should not work with Moldavite if you're going to do magic and manifestation unless you are really ready for some very fast, powerful, almost jarring changes to happen in your life. Uh, and they will be, well, they ordinarily they will be good. But 
You know, nothing can be created new unless something else is destroyed. So you've got that kind of like, uh, that's the scary part about your life advancing. You've got to lose certain things for other things to happen. And so you got to be ready. And, um, I have heard a lot of people speculate that the Emerald tablet may have actually been made from Moldavite. Um, and I, you know what? I can't find a particular like historic source for that. I've just, it's just one of those things that I've heard through the grapevine. Uh, it kind of makes sense. And, uh, Moldavite, uh, I mean, the way that the Emerald tablet is described, it sounds just as much like Moldavite as, as an Emerald. And, uh, so, and there, there are also references to what's in the Emerald tablet talking about the relationship between heaven and earth. And so that's where I think this idea comes from, that this may be from the heavens. So, well, what does, what does the Emerald tablet say that was so inspiring? Um, you know what? I don't want to start reading this right now because we're, we're up on a break here in, in a little bit. And so I think when we come back from the break, I will, um, I will read to you what the, uh, what the, the, uh, you know, one of the most like substantial translations of the Emerald tablet is. And I'll also tell you that, um, some people consider wisdom to be evil. And what I mean by that is it goes back to the Garden of Eden. The story about how that, you know, Adam and Eve were put into this Garden of Eden and they had everything they needed there. They had each other. They had control over dominion over all the animals. They had all the fruits and vegetables. They had fresh water. They had everything they needed. And they were almost like God's little puppy dogs. And he says, there you go. You stay here and be happy. The only thing I don't want you to do is eat from that tree because that is the tree of knowledge. And if you have knowledge, then your innocence will be gone. And suddenly you will never be satiated. You will, you will have this constant desire to grow more powerful and greedy. And you're always going to want, and you'll never be fulfilled. And so this is where like the idea of original sin comes from that they, they, they gained knowledge from eating the forbidden fruit. When they did that, their eyes were opened. And so there is this tradition of knowledge being evil. And that's why sometimes you have statues like Baphomet pointing up and down at heaven and earth and, um, as above, so below. And some people think that's that's actually evil. Well, anyway, I'm Joshua P. Warren. You're listening to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. And I will be right back. Hang in there. Josh is coming right back on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpert. It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, My name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. 
the war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Sandra Champlain. Please make sure and check out my show, Shades of the Afterlife, heard right here on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halper. It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is afterlife expert Daniel Brinkley, and you're listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. of this edition of Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I am your host, Joshua P. Warren. And do you feel that there is something evil about knowledge and wisdom? Lucifer, the bearer of light, the bringer of light, the giver of wisdom, the serpent. The serpent says... Or whatever this thing is, this reptilian thing in the Garden of Eden says, you should, you deserve to know. And that is considered evil. I remember when I was in college, uh, I was taking my favorite class, philosophy, and the professor said, had you rather be, would you rather be uh, a happy pig or a depressed Abraham Lincoln? Well, I guess that kind of sums it up. What would you, uh, which one of those would you rather be? Anyway, here is one of the translations of the Emerald Tablet that pretty much says what you need to know. Quote, true without falsehood, certain and most true. What is below is like what is above and what is above is like what is below to accomplish the miracles of one thing. And as all things were derived from one by the meditation of one, so all things are born from this one thing by adaptation. The sun is its father, the the moon is its mother, and the wind carried it in its belly. Its nurse is the earth. The father of all talismans, which is like a talisman, talisman the father of all talismans of the whole world is here its power is whole if it is converted into earth you will separate the earth from the fire the subtle from the dense gently and with great skill 
It ascends from earth to heaven, and then it descends again to earth, and receives the power of the superiors and the inferiors. Thus, you will have the glory of the whole world, and all darkness will flee from you. This is the strong force of all forces, overcoming every subtle thing and penetrating every solid thing. Thus, the world was created. From this, marvelous adaptations will arise, of which the manner is here. Therefore, I am called Hermes Trismegistus, having the three parts of the philosophy of the whole world. What I have said about the operation of the sun is accomplished and ended. The big picture is the same as the little picture. If we go to this book, The Emerald Tablet, by Dennis William Hawk, here's what he says. How would the Emerald Tablet read if it were written today? First of all, we would have to gear it toward an audience without much time for any background philosophizing, and of course we would be competing with television for their attention. And then again, we would have to at least acknowledge the advances made in scientific knowledge. Contemporary science tells us that the universe is made up of energy, matter, and light. And those would be what the alchemists call sulfur, salt, and mercury, respectively. According to Einstein's equation, E equals MC squared, energy and matter can be transformed into one another through the intermediary of light. In alchemy, sulfur and salt are transformed into one another through the intermediary of mercury. Thus, if that little C in Einstein's equation stood for consciousness instead of light, there would be no difference at all between physics and alchemy. Let's assume that consciousness is light after all, and in that case, an emerald tablet for the 21st century would look something like this. Truly, without hype, religious exploitation, or commercial consideration, you can experience higher truths. You are as much a part of the material as you are of the mental, and you are as much a part of the mental as you are of the material in order to accomplish the miracles of light. And just as all things come from light, through the concentration of consciousness, so do all things created originate from light through the transformation of thought. Its father is energy, its mother is matter. The spectrum carries it in its belly. Its nurse is the earth. It is the origin of all. The consecration of the universe its inherent strength is perfected if it is materialized we got deep there didn't we but is it really that deep i don't think it is it makes sense to me uh, if you want to dig uh, into this 450 page book the emerald tablet alchemy for personal transformation it's easy to get on Amazon by Dennis William Hawk, last name spelled H-A-U-C-K. All right. So, you say, Mr. Smarty Pants, what's the connection between the Copper Scroll and the Emerald Tablet? Well, here's what I think it is. The Copper Scroll is literally a treasure map. Um, it is a very straightforward, rational, it's almost like an accountant's listing, a book, more like a, a bookkeeper's listing of, of physical resources of great value. And so this treasure map is a literal treasure map where you take it and you go out and you try to find the treasure. And I keep calling it a map, but it's not really a map because it doesn't have a drawing on it. But, you know, you get the picture. It's a list of things. May as well be a map. You could make a map out of it. I bet somebody has. The Emerald Tablet is very similar because the Emerald Tablet is the foundation for alchemy. And alchemy is also like uh, the foundation of a treasure map. Because if you look at alchemy in its most rudimentary symbolic form, you think about, once again, gaining wealth. 
but you're doing it not by going out and searching the desert for some buried treasure, but by taking some element of low value and transforming it into something of higher value. But actually, you see, that's the trick about alchemy. That is what uh, people of a uh, more close-minded perspective see. Alchemy is actually not about literally taking these substances like lead and mercury and turning them into gold and silver. Alchemy is about transforming yourself spiritually into a better, more enlightened and accomplished person. That's what it's actually about. This idea of turning lead into gold is symbolic. But the real goal of, of, of alchemy is to turn yourself into a golden being, a benevolent, powerful being. Because if you do that, if you're able to take lessons that are wise and use them to transform yourself into this better state of being, well, then you'll find out how to get the money you need. You know, the superficial stuff will come. So don't fixate so much upon the material world, because if you instead fixate upon the mental and spiritual world and perfecting that, well, then you will have the wisdom and you will have the fortune to attract the, the superficial and material things that you need. And that is why uh, some of my most powerful manifestation tools will, for me, never be used to attract money. Instead, I use them to make me a better person. Um, and, and, and that could take on a lot of different meanings, uh, mentally and physically and emotionally and all that. Because if you use these tools to make yourself better then um, you'll be granted and blessed with wisdom that will help you achieve those other things. So I guess bottom line is I think the Copper Scroll is a treasure map that's very literal and the Emerald Tablet is a treasure map that's more figurative and metaphorical, but they're both about um, achieving wealth. And what is what has greater wealth than happiness and enlightenment and peace and uh, the immortality of the soul. Did I do it? I don't know. You tell me. All right, my friends, we are out of time. So now ah, let us end this complex show by uh, relaxing. Take a deep breath. If you can close your eyes, here is the good fortune tone. That's it for this edition of the show. Follow me on Twitter at Joshua P. Warren. Plus, visit JoshuaPWarren.com to sign up for my free e-newsletter to receive a free instant gift and check out the cool stuff in the curiosity shop all at JoshuaPWarren.com. I have a fun one lined up for you next time, I promise. So please tell all your friends to subscribe to this show and to always remember the golden rule. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your interest and support. Thank you for staying curious. And I will talk to you again soon. You've been listening to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Thanks for listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Make sure and check out all our shows on the iHeartRadio app or by going to iHeartRadio.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, 
mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series called Blooded, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpern. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one case, but almost a dozen. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Gym Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.